broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right, real quick, we got one more uh, segment here with uh, Kevin Levin, who is a Civil War historian, author of the book Searching for Black Confederates, The Civil War's Most Persistent Myth. Kevin wrote an article on his Substack that we're going to share in the show notes at ronshowetl.com about this monument, this gaudy Civil War monument, Confederate monument in downtown Augusta. And in this article, you shared a story about those who came to be there for the commemoration and how they tied into a massacre that I didn't even know about. Can you share that story real quick? Oh, absolutely. So I was reading about the dedication of the Confederate monument uh, in 1878. I came across a newspaper article that indicated that the governor of South Carolina, Wade Hampton, a former Confederate general, and members of the Red Shirts were in attendance. Now, as a good historian, you know, we ask questions. So, of course, the question that popped to mind was, what were they doing crossing state lines yeah. into Augusta to take part in the ceremony, especially the Red Shirts? The Red Shirts were a paramilitary group, a white terrorist group, mm. uh, not unlike the Ku Klux Klan. Throughout Reconstruction, they terrorized African Americans, uh, especially African Americans who tried to vote or run for office. Uh, and on July 4th, 1876, a black state militia unit, uh, loyal to the state of South Carolina, were parading down the streets of the village of Hamburg, uh, South Carolina, celebrating the centennial of Independence Day, July 4th, 1876. Two white men in a horse-drawn buggy attempted to uh, go through. They were probably trying to deliver stuff or pick something up, and they were prevented from doing so. Eventually, they were allowed through, but this was considered a threat to the white population, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a couple days later, uh, hundreds of paramilitary groups, including the Red Shirts and other vigilantes, showed up to Hamburg and had a confrontation with these uh, black militiamen. They were eventually forced to uh, shelter in a warehouse. Uh, a number of these men were executed after trying to surrender, at point, shot at point-blank range. But during the battle, uh, a small cannon was delivered across the Savannah River from Georgia. And so there's your connection to Augusta and Hamburg, which is just across the the river in South Carolina. And so it dawned on me after another historian sort of directed me in a way uh, that uh, Hampton and the red shirts were present because um, they were in a way perhaps trying to say thank you to the people of Augusta who were at that point in 1878 trying to dedicate or dedicating a Confederate monument. And so it's a, it's an interesting story First of all, I should say Hamburg was one of many massacres during Reconstruction. Uh, It was probably one of the smaller massacres uh, in terms of the scale of uh, the others that took place. Um, But I think this, uh, the presence of Hampton and the Red Shirts uh, is a reflection of the ways in which white Southerners view the dedication of these monuments, that these were not just dead artifacts. Uh, They were about um, a very much uh, a living past. Uh, They were also about the present, which again, as I've said, is coming right after Reconstruction as Mm -hmm. white Southerners are trying to regain control Mm -hmm. of their state and local governments. And so the presence of the red shirts is a reminder to white Southerners of their responsibility in maintaining the racial status quo moving forward. But it was also a reminder to the black population. Oh, yeah. who, Who ran the show. Oh, that's absolutely right. And especially if we're talking about South Carolina, Many counties, and even in Georgia, um, you know, were majority black. Mm -hmm. And so 
it is a very clear and direct message to the black community to know your place. Mm-hmm. The military is no longer protecting you. Uh, you're no longer safe in voting or running for office. We are returning to white rule. And, you know, the presence of these units and the monuments themselves with that inscription that we talked about uh, could not have been a clear reminder to the black community. A- absolutely. Yeah. It was almost like a, you know, uh, a yard sign or a sign that says, you know, do not enter or no trespassing, something along those lines. Uh, it Absolutely. reminds me uh, the, another story that I didn't know anything about until, again, Henry, Henry Louis Gates taught me this on PBS one Sunday, uh, the Wilmington riots. I, I had no idea about yes. the, you know, the Wilmington uh, political mass. 1898. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so white Southerners will use the legal means uh, to uh, maintain white control, disfranchising the vast majority of of black Americans mm-hmm. by the early 20th century. And at times, this is the height of the uh, period of lynching, right? Mm-hmm. And so violence also becomes a means to uh, maintain, uh, again, the uh, maintain white supremacy. And this stuff still goes on. I mean, not so much in a, in a violent manner per, per se, but it still goes on when it comes to uh, redistricting and gerrymandering. I mean, we, we're seeing this happening in Cobb County right now where Cobb County, just north of Atlanta, used to be a solidly red county. Now it is a democratically majority county. Hillary won it in 2016. Uh, 2020, Joe Biden won it. Stacey Abrams has carried both of the last gubernatorial elections. And yet they're trying to remove a 3-2 Democratic Party majority by literally drawing the lines out uh, uh, for one commissioner to serve in her district. It's just crazy how this stuff still goes on. And folks on the right want to deny that it's about race. And it's a, it's a straight-up example of, um, or admission, that uh, you can't win, you know, in a straight-up vote, right? It's, yeah, um, yeah. You've got to cook the books. I mean, look at those outlines of, of many of these counties, right? I mean, it's a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, right? yeah. D- d- democracy is not their friend, it seems. All right. That's uh, right. One last thing I'm going to point out to you, by the way. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, where Hamburg, South Carolina once was is now mm-hmm. a, a Riverside golf course. That's right. I heard about that from a reader. Absolutely. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Sad to hear. What a commemoration. All right. uh, Kevin Levin, we want to thank you for your time. Again, the book is called Searching for Black Confederates, the Civil War's Most Persistent Myth. And we're going to share that uh, article from your Substack that talks about this monument in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, let's stay in touch. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Ron. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Okay. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Real quick, it was on this day in black history that the Augusta Institute, now known as Morehouse College, founded in Augusta, Georgia by William J. White in 1867. Born on this day in 1760, the founder of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, Richard Allen, born into slavery. It was on this date in 1967 that Aretha records respect. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 on America One Radio.